What if you really can have it all? No, really. What if everything you think you desire is only a starting point for the life you're truly capable of creating? On Love, Life, and All Things Weird, we playfully explore topics from money to magic, healing to wholeness, creation, relationship, business, and more. There's no place we won't go. Nothing too wacky or weird in the quest to live as grand a life as possible. Hosts Megan Silito and Suzanne Stopper are the embodiment of opposites attract. And the result is true synergistic power. Partnered in love and in business, they're taking co-creation to a whole new level. Join Megan and Suzanne for Love, Life, and All Things Weird, where we will talk about living a life that's inspired, overflowing, and completely awesome. Welcome, 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 everybody. You have found a way to love life and all things weird. I am your host, Suzanne Stoffer, and normally I have my co-host, Megan Silito, who is my partner in life and in crime and in business and in everything, <laughs> all fun things. Um, however, Miss Megan, as maybe some of you have known, has uh, been really burning candle at both ends, and she is so sick. She has pneumonia, and she's had pneumonia for many months. And she went to New Zealand um, with pneumonia and went on a reality TV show. Who does that except for Megan? And she's been in Dallas for the last um, five or six days um, doing dream time which was uh, an incredible event um that was her sharing and bringing the energy of the tribe of the waitaha tribe to some amazing people in Dallas last night from that and um and woke up this morning um just really not not um feeling like it was even a doable thing to keep going and she has a full clientele for the next few days so Miss Megan is, I sent her to the bath and um, <laughs> told her to do Epsom salts and um, essential oils and that she can't come out until she can learn some more self-care. <laughs> so, so anyway, no, she's been trying to, um, to really work on it. But Megan is um, such an incredible um when she makes the agreement, she just follows through with it. So she's having a really hard time not being on the show. Um, but um, <laughs> I think I'm going to be able to handle it without her just for today, just for today. So um, and I'm super excited about this, um, this series that we're in. This is my idea for the series. Um, and it, we're calling it story time. And um, because there's so much power in, we were in New Zealand and we were all sitting around Papa. Um, and if you're if you're new to this conversation around New Zealand and Papa and the Waitaha tribe, I would ask you to go back to some of our archives. We've been talking about this now. I think this is probably the third week of talking about New Zealand adventures that we had and all the magic. And incredibleness um, of those, those experiences. It's been it was such um, changing uh, two weeks for both of us. Um, Megan was on the show, and then I was on my own for a week, and then paired up together for the last week. And we're basically in the womb, <laughs> in the womb of the Marai of the Waitaha tribe on the Marai, which is their sacred land. Um, and so we were surrounded around Papa. And he was telling stories of the tribe and the stories of magic of the giants um, because, you know, we were the awakening giants. And he was talking about the power of story. Um, and every person got a chance to sit with Papa and to also tell their stories. And a lot of those stories were about childhood wounds, about um, events, you know, trauma that had happened when they were younger um, some of them, some of the the women shared things that they had never shared before. And um, it was really incredible to be a witness, to get to feel the energy of communion and connection um, that was so palpable in the sharing of stories. And so that got me thinking my own stories and Megan and my stories and um, and what and really that. I don't spend a lot of time 
telling my story. Uh, I do on occasion with a one-on-one session uh, with a client when the story would serve. Um, and But mostly, you know, I've got a lot of years um, working through all of the trauma of my childhood and all of the um, the what what people might um, consider their stories and so it feels like I'm on the other side of that and so oftentimes I forget that people don't know where I've been you know like where I've come from and how far I've come in every single area of my life you know in I was um, you know grow I grew up in po- like absolute poverty I many times went hungry, didn't have food. Um, I tell the story that I would eat um, yeast out of the freezer um, to fill up my belly because it would like, um, (laughs) it would, (laughs) it would rise in my belly. And so then I wouldn't be hungry. Um, There were times I ate dog food because I was hungry. Now, my mom, you know, like, bless her heart, she had nine children. And um, there was a lot on her plate, and I can't imagine trying to deal with what, everything that she was dealing with. Um, but that created a lot of trauma in my life. So, you know, I went super, super uh, poverty to, you know, where I am now, which is like a very successful entrepreneur doing what I love. Um, and, you know, my health, you know, I, uh, and I want to talk about that story today. Um, because there's, uh, just like with everybody, you know, we have these bodies and these bodies give us trouble sometimes. And, uh, <laughs> and yet when we can unlock and unveil and, and get through some of those, um, what, what, those traumas or those things around our body, uh, then the, or the magic opens up. And that's really what the whole theme of today's show is, is it's from trauma to triumph. You know, that Megan and I both believe and we teach every day that, um, that our, <clears throat> our trauma, the stuff that we have the most judgment about, the, our shadow, the things that are so hard sometimes to lean into, that is where our magical gifts live. It's underneath that hidden trauma and shame. It's, it's in those, um, that PTSD you experience in the car, after the car accident, right? It's those, you know, what, what I say is like those slivers, you know, those child, like the slivers that you experienced in childhood that, you know, if you don't, if you don't pay any attention to the sliver, it gets, it festers, it gets infected, and it causes all kinds of pain and pus, right? That's what happens when you get a sliver in your skin. Um, but when you actually pull it out, right, lamp it with love and unpack it, right, um, and and put healing balm on it, then those wounds heal through time. And through reflection, that turns, you can learn to see how that turns into your magic. Um, so last week, Megan shared about um, her her experience when her facilitator was born, I think when she was eight years old, when her brother held her at gunpoint, right? A super traumatic story that if you haven't heard, please go back to last week's show on inspiredchoiceswork.com and check it out. It was so powerful for her to tell it publicly in the way that she did for the first time. Um, and through that, her her coach, her facilitator was born because she uh, was able to stay in uh, in presence and who was experiencing um, epilepsy and a lot of mental illness. Um, and we all have, we might not have that dramatic of a story, but we all have stories of wounding. We all have stories of childhood um, and adulthood, right, that um, that affect us, that shape us, um, that are lessons for us to learn. And as we share our stories, we can fun, work through the energy and emotion in the, because oftentimes this, these stories of trauma are, um, they, we consider, we feel victimized. We feel like that 
we're the victim to this step is that we have all this energy and emotion and anger and rage. I mean, you know, I was sexually abused by my uncle for 10 years from 4 to 14. That was another trauma that I have healed over time. And, you know, you better believe that when I first unpacked that in my 30s, I was angry and pissed and I felt like a victim. And I was so, so hurt and um, realized so much how that affected my life. Um, And it took me a long time to feel those feelings, to lean into that uncomfortable place to recognize and recognize that I actually had a soul contract with my abuser that um, that he was going to show up that way for me, that at soul level, that's the kind of experience I needed to have in order to um, open me up to my work that I do in the world around sexual abuse and around being a sexual healer. And that only came through my um, experience. Of, of 10 years of abuse. And so, you know, um, that, so I don't, I don't want to say to anybody that where you're at in your process with your stories is wrong because wherever you're at is incredible. So if you're, if you feel angry and you've created huge boundaries and whatever, whatever in order to, um, deal with the trauma, in that, in, in your life, then great, you know? Um, and if you're, if you're still in the place of like, I don't want to look great. Like this is all, this is a conversation, um, an exploration and an experimentation, um, for you to see what else is here for you. Because I absolutely believe that our souls are beings, that we create our experiences, that we create our life. And that our stories are, and our trauma and the things that happen are part of a grand plan. Um, even if it's just to survive, to move beyond, to not let or allow uh, someone to take you down, right? Like that is fuel for you to live a different life. So, um, you know, there's, I've had, I wanted to talk about, the um the story around toxic shock syndrome um which i contracted when i was um 18 um that was the story that i wanted to share today for the first time and the reason why i chose that story is because even though that happened at 18 which is almost 30 years ago um i still am unpacking the gifts and the lessons and the magic from that story. Um, and you better believe that at the time, I, I mean, I had, I was in my first semester at college. Um, I started getting like um, symptoms and um, super, super sick and started having seizures in the middle of the night. It was day three or four before my parents um, drove me to the emergency room. And by the time I got to the emergency room, um, you know, my system was shutting down, like my blood pressure, my lungs were filling with fluid. Um, You know, there was like the doctors, I remember very vividly, there was a huge amount of doctors in the room and nurses, and they were all just so rushed trying to find a way, find out what was wrong with me, because everything's just shutting down. Um, And my mom was with me. And I don't know why, she was um, because the rest, you know, normally in that situation, they wouldn't have allowed her in. Um, but she was with me. And I remember the doctors and the nurses saying to her, um, keep her awake, keep her awake so that we can ask her questions. And um, as, so she sat with me. And she, my blood pressure was dropping and I was getting really like, she was saying, uh, no, no, Suzanne, we need to keep you awake. And I was so thirsty. Um, I'm not sure why that was, but I was so thirsty. All I wanted was water and I was begging for water. And so what she did with me, she said, um, which is brilliant, right? She's, it was amazing. Um, but she said to me, um, you, if you increase your blood pressure by a point, then I will give you ice chips. 
And so in that moment with her, with all these doctors scurrying around in on my body, and I started to envision my blood pressure going up. Now, this is me at 18. I didn't know what I was doing, but I just wanted the effing ice chips. <laughs> and so I, so the blood pressure monitor would show and it would go up. And um, and then she would give me ice chips, and then I would focus in on again, and and slowly my blood pressure went up like ten to fifteen points, even though it had been seriously dropping. At that point, they put a heart monitor or a tube down into my lungs and were monitoring my heart. They were like, um, I was I was on so many tubes and everything, like they could not figure out what was happening. Everything was shutting down, all of my organs. Um, but I was with my mom raising my blood pressure, um, and then getting ice chips. And we did that for over an hour. And finally, there was a nurse who had had 30 years of experience who said the words toxic shock. Does she have toxic shock? And they, everybody went quiet. And they all, the nurse rushed to me and she said, because toxic shock, you can get it through packing for nose surgery or, um, or tampons. And she said, have you been on your um, period? And I said, yes, my mother didn't know that. Um, and she said, do you, do you have a tampon in right now? And I said, yes. And, um, and so that was the start of them figuring out what I had. And um, in, the, in the process of being able to talk to me while I was awake, um, it saved my life. And there and there was still uh, so much more to do, right? Like um, I remember, uh, you know, briefly coming to, and this was probably six or eight hours after they had finally figured out what I. Had. And there was this huge light in the room, and there was this energy that at the time I believed was Jesus, was Jesus Christ, because I was um, in a Christian religion. Now I'm not sure what who he was. I don't know if he was spirit guide. I don't know if he was Jesus Christ. I don't know. I just know that he was a celestial being. And um, the the room lit up, and um, I was in so much pain. I remember just crying in pain. They had strapped me down, and they had been filling me full of steroids. And my body had gained 30 pounds within a few hours because of the liquids that they had pushed into my system. And the bed was rocking me back and forth, and um, and they were, it was really touch and go. They had told my family that I had five percent chance to live, um, and I was at death's door, like the the angel in the room. Um, do you want to live? Like, and there was so much. Love. I can't even describe to you all how much love there was in the room, and how much permission, and how much. Um, like light was in the room and there was, there was, it was just a choice. It was just such a choice in that moment. And he says, you can come with me or you can stay. It's your choice. If you, if you want to, um, if you want to go, we welcome you. And if you want to stay, we welcome you too. And it was so Powerful. It was such a powerful moment of choice, being 18 years old and choosing whether I was going to live or die. And I remember it was a very, very hard choice because I wanted the pain to stop. I wanted it to end. It was so hard. And I knew it was going to take everything in me in order to live. And yet, I said to him through my mind, I said, I'm just getting started. I life yet. And he says, so is that your choice? Is that what you're choosing then? And I said, yes. And I remember in that moment, like the light all went out of the room and I was so faced with the intense pain of my choice. Like every cell of my body felt like it was on fire. Um, and I was in so much pain. And I instantly was like, really, this is my choice? Um, and it was, it was, I can't even describe to you, but in that moment, there was such, there was so much magic and gifts that came through that. And I want to tell you more about that, but we've got to go on break. So 
Come back after break to to hear the rest of my near-death experience story. You're listening to Love, Life, and All Things Weird. Are you looking for a place to create, connect, and belong? Where you have massive encouragement to be the weird, live-outside-the-box person you truly are. If you've chosen a different path as a rebel, an innovator, a leader, entrepreneur, and changemaker, you're in the right place. On Love, Life, and All Things Weird, Megan and Suzanne bring you inspiration, awesome tools for transformation, and full permission to be you. Claim your weird and live your most ridiculous life. Be sure to listen every Wednesday at noon, Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. have you been waiting to uncloak your magic to allow the magic within you to rise and catalyze into an extraordinary life deep down you know is possible live your magic is a two and a half day experience that will move you beyond your mind ignite your body and activate the magic that is you if you are ready to radically tap into your desires generate more aliveness in your body and your life then join us at a live your magic event somewhere in the world go to megansolito.com and click on events to learn more today that's m-e-g-a-n-s-i-l-l-i-t-o this is love life and all things weird with host megan silito and suzanne stopper are you scratching your head a bit let's chat Call into the program today, and let's find some answers. If you're in the U.S., call 815-880-8255. In Canada, call 613-800-8736. Or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also ask questions or leave comments in our Facebook group, Weird on the Air with Megan and Suzanne. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> we are talking about from trauma to triumph, the stories of your past that have shaped you and touched you, and what are the magical gifts, the, the capacities um, that have come through that trauma once you unpack it and work through all of the stuff around it. And I've been talking about my near-death experience at 18 when I um, contracted toxic shock syndrome. And I've, I've been mentioning a few things, you know, about um, really uh, like learning for the first time that I could affect my body, learning for the first time that I had my presence and my energy could change my body. So learning that at 18 was an incredible, incredible gift um, for later on in my life. And all of the times that I have used that gift, that capacity that came out at 18 to heal my own body, but also to heal other bodies. Can you imagine like what an incredible gift that has been for me? And and before break, I was talking about um, the angel, like whoever that came into my room and was um, giving me the choice to live or die in that moment. And when I chose to live, I was in so much intense pain. Um, it was just the most excruciating pain um, that would that would literally knock me out and I would wake up like four or six years. I had an oxygen, um, 99% oxygen um which, because I couldn't breathe on my own, like the only the only organs that were functional were my brain and my heart, my everything else, my intestines, um, you know, my lungs, all of it shut down. Um, and I was in intensive care for three days, and then in the hospital for eleven days, um, fighting to live. Um, but what I learned in that moment uh, when that angel gave me the choice to live or die is I knew that living was going to be intense and that it didn't mean that there wasn't going to be pain, right? But that it was also the most like empowering choice for me. I also really learned in that moment that there was a spiritual realm and that there was love there. And I've never, ever been afraid of death since then. 
never been afraid of death because I absolutely experienced that moment knowing um, what it would be like to die. Um, and the other, oh, the other powerful lesson in that is just about choice. It's that, you know, those spirits on the other side, they're here to support us, but ultimately we have free will and we're at choice and we get to um, choose what our experiences are. Um, so the the end of the story, and there's so much more, there's just so much learning in this for me, but um, the end of the story is that, you know, the, even though I live, the doctors told me I would never have children. Um, they told me that um, my lungs would never, um, I might have to be on oxygen, um, that I might um, lose the use of my arms and legs. Um, they believed that I might have brain damage because I was on such a high percentage of oxygen for such a long time. Um, uh, there was a whole list of things that they were warning my family about, um, saying that, um, you know, if I lived, this is what would happen. And yet, miraculously, 11 days later, I left the hospital with, and three weeks later, I had a clean bill of health. And I went on to have no health um, ramifications from that experience and had three children. So um, the, whole, the whole hospital, the whole hospital was talking about me. I would walk through you know, to get up my energy like on the last days and nurses would come and talk to me because they had heard about my story. And uh, after leaving the hospital, I learned that there were hundreds and hundreds of area um, that were praying for me. Um, so it was a, it, incredible. I cannot even describe to you all the moment that they out um, to, to leave. It was December 14th hospital, which happens to be my youngest daughter's birthday. And, um, I remember uh, seeing, feeling the cold and seeing the snow capped mountains and bursting into truth, um, because I was so grateful and it was so magical. I was so incredibly touched by, um, by nature and the fact that I had um, that I had stayed and that that was my view. And it was really incredible to uh, have that experience of gratitude at such a young age of the gift of life and to really not take, uh, take that granted. Um, the other thing that was really incredible about that experience is that the first night I was in intensive care, there was a woman who came in who was who tried to commit suicide. She had taken pills. And there was only a very small um, curtain between us. Um, and I witnessed, I heard her, um, I heard her struggling to die. I heard the doctors yelling at her at what she had taken. I heard them forcing her mouth open to put, um, to put charcoal in her. Um, and, uh, and I... I remember weeping because here I was so challenged and struggling to live. And here was this woman trying to die and I could not understand it. Um, and, and then I could. And, and so I remember talking to my nurse and asking my nurse if I could talk to that woman because she made through, if I could talk to her, if I could just be with her in that experience of choosing life or death because I had just chosen that. And, you know, that was also a gift and something that I have um, thought of many times. Now, the nurse would not allow me to do that. She said it was actually like privacy issues and um, and that I shouldn't have heard any of that stuff. So I never could talk to that woman. But I remember, I remember so clearly the grief and the anguish and the despair that that woman was feeling um, that night. And um, it was really a powerful lesson for me um, in work people that are depressed and people that um, don't feel like that they can go on. Like that experience um, had taught me so much about life and the choice around life. So that was also a huge gift in, in that experience. And... Um, 
And there's so many more. I mean, I reconciled with my dad in the hospital. Um, It had a really incredibly difficult relationship where I felt really targeted by him and abused by him. And he came to the hospital when they were taking out my, my, um, my, the tubes in my, uh, to see if I could breathe on my own. And that was really the, the, the a milestone to see if I was going to be able to, um, to heal. And, um, nobody was there. They were all like trying to clean the house so that I, maybe if I could come home. Um, and, uh, my dad was there and, and witness and pulling out this um the tube and witnessing me breathing on my own for the first time um in like 10 or 11 days and he was weeping and he was saying oh i love you i love you and i i he may have said he loved me in my lifetime but i had never received it i never heard it like honestly if he did it was very rare um, because he was a very gruff man um, and very wounded in his own right. Um, and yet that moment was the most healing. After that, like, we had an incredibly different relationship. Um, so, you know, there's just so many gifts. There was so many gifts in that experience. And I could go on and on. But what I what I really want to, I guess, have you consider is um, your own story and your own stories. And again, maybe they're not as dramatic as that. But if you have, um, you know, a lot of us don't don't remember childhood uh, stories, um, but the ones that we do, they matter. They matter. There's a reason why you remember them. Um, and there's probably some energy and some things to unpack in those memories. And would you allow yourself the opportunity to see it a little differently instead of like disassociating or running away to um, push down or like not, um, would you be willing to just be with those stories, be with that trauma, be with that hidden secret, be with that shame? Um, and what what gift uh, could be wanting to come out and to be unlocked? Um, even the stories of abuse are uh, potential gifts and magic. Um, everything that you've gone through, everything that you've gone through is is important and it's also not about holding on to those stories it's not about staying in victim it's not about stay in the heavy energies of guilt and blame and shame and regret uh it's about again like lancing it with love and opening it up and if you have big triggers or big emotion about a particular story what i would ask you to do is write it down, write it. It's like a really awesome tool to start unpacking your stories. Write it down. So pull out a journal and say, and write down, I'm sad that, I'm angry that, I'm scared that, I'm overwhelmed that around a particular story. And unedited, allow it all to come out on the page. I remember the first time that I was um, processing my sexual abuse, I was sitting in front of a coach and I was so angry. And I said, there's, I can't possibly, I can't possibly um, let this out. It's like, a, it's like a can of worms. If I allow myself to be angry about this, I will forever be angry. I'm afraid that I would be violent if I let this all out. And I remember her being with me so brilliantly. And she said, how about we let out 30 seconds of that energy? I'll time you. And I had a piece of paper and I had all of these pens and markers. And she was asking me to like journal or to write words or to, you know, process it that way. 
And I was so scared. I was so scared to open um, that, that can of worms, so to speak. I thought that it would turn me into an angry person. I had repressed my fury, my rage for so long, for decades. But I remember her and she put on the time, she just took, picked up a pen and just started ripping through the paper with, with stop, stop, right? And it was just ripping through like 10 or 12 or 15 layers of paper uh, because I, the energy was just up, up my back and out through my arms. And it was so powerful. And at 30 seconds, she stopped the clock and she said, okay, you don't have to feel that now. You don't have to feel that anymore. And I just took a deep breath and I was like, really? And she said, yeah, I mean, eventually we'll unpack this, but look, like, look what you were able to release in that moment. And that was a good part. And at that was a, 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 the beginning, you know. Um, since that time, you know, I've I've done many, many, like, um, just screaming into fellows, um, uh, going to a river and throwing rocks in a river and yelling at the top of my lungs to release that emotion, that trauma from my body. I've pushed walls and done push-ups and done rituals and done many, many, many um, sessions of coaching to allow that energy and trauma out of my body. I've received rapid eye therapy and Reiki and all kinds of um, amazing modalities that we have now to work through, um, through the pain um, and the shame and the trauma. And all of it is so powerful and worth it. And I can honestly say, you know, that looking back on all of it, that as I unpacked all of that, you know, really leaned into all of my shadows, all of my stories, that I transformed them into light, into magic and gifts. And I still have patterns that I'm working on, right? Like everybody does. We always will. It's a, it's a long process. Um, but I can honestly say that every moment that I've leaned in to those emotions and energies in my body um, and allowed the energy to come out and not gotten stuck in the story, it's been a powerful um, process for me to absolutely transform my life. If you would have seen me even 15 years ago, um, you would have never, ever... Um, you would never even know that I was the same person. Um, like I was incredibly shut down, untrusting, shy, um, resentful, cynical, um, very controlling and very hard, um, very like my heart was covered up completely. Um, I had, you know, so many stories and so much evidence to believe that nobody had my back, that life word and that you couldn't trust anybody um and in working through all of that all of the triggers all of the the moments that i decided um those limiting beliefs um the more that i've worked through that the more that i've opened up to the incredible magic um and synchronicity of life and that every day um i get to experience a love pure love and joy and abundance and an incredibly magical life. Oh, so um, we take our last break. You're listening to Love, Life, and All Things Word. We'll be back in a minute. Are you looking for a place to create, connect, and belong? Where you have massive encouragement to be the weird, live-outside-the-box person you truly are. If you've chosen a different path as a rebel, an innovator, a leader, entrepreneur, and changemaker, you're in the right place. On Love, Life, and All Things Weird, Megan and Suzanne bring you inspiration, awesome tools for transformation, and full permission to be you. Claim your weird and live your most ridiculous life. Be sure to listen every Wednesday at noon, Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? 
Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is Love, Life, and All Things Weird with host Megan Silito and Suzanne Stoffer. Are you scratching your head a bit? Let's chat. Call into the program today and let's find some answers. If you're in the U.S., call 815-880-8255. In Canada, call 613-800-8736 or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also ask questions or leave comments in our Facebook group. Weird on the Air with Megan and Suzanne. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Love, Life, and All Things Weird. And we are talking about the magic of stories and the gifts and magic that can come through the trauma. Uh, what I would say, um, if you're if you're listening um, now or in the future, what I'd like you to do is to get out a piece of paper, if you would, um, in this moment. Unless you're driving, then don't. <laughs> um, but what I would love you to do is um, pull out a piece of paper and consider the story or that you don't want someone to know. What is it? Um, is there a particular choice that you made that you were is there something that happened to you that you fear judgment um, from others? Like, what is a story or stories? What event um, would you not readily want to talk to someone about? And just jot down that for a minute, like um, just briefly, not the whole thing, but just so that you know um, what story it is or what stories and and. Trust that it's the first thing that came to mind when I asked it. Like, what is the thing that you fear judgment around? That if somebody were to know all of you, to hear this, that they would judge you about it. So do that for a minute. Consider that. And then, you know, later on, you can come back and maybe write out the entire story. But for now, jot down a few notes about that, okay? And then I want you to consider what it is. What is the energy behind that hiding? Like, what is it that you're afraid of? Um, What is it about that that you don't think would serve you or somebody else knowing? Like, what is the actual energy that comes up? Is it embarrassment? Is it like an energy of hiding? Is it like a feeling of shame? Is it a feeling of like that they would were uh, bad? Like what is it that comes up for you in that um, in that question of what do you afraid people knowing about you? And I'll tell on myself um, because we're in this process together. Like for lots of years, and still to this day, there's. Um, like I have a lot of, um, not shame more, um, but I would say that it's a lot of uh, constriction around how I've behaved in relationships, like how I've acted out um, emotionally and um, and violently sometimes in relationship in my life with, you know, this person, you know, that I was supposedly loved the most, um, what, like, conflict I was a part of, what emotional and physical abuse I was involved with that I, you know, um, participated in, that I created. So that would be mine, you know, because my whole life I've wanted to create a super healthy, amazing love, right? Love relationship. And I feel like um, now I have, but 
for so many years, decades, I was in so much drama and trauma in my relationship. So that would be mine, that if they really knew, you know, all of my stories around getting angry and, you know, getting violent and leaving and the abuse that I experienced and the abuse that I um, put out, um, that they would judge me, that they wouldn't like me, that they wouldn't think that I was a good coach, that they wouldn't think I was a good person. So what is this for you? What do you most fear people knowing about you? And what is the energy behind that? What is the hiding behind that? What is the shame behind that? Um, and just be with those energies that come up. Like, is there heart energy that comes up? Do you feel afraid in your belly? Like, does it feel like the anger creeps up? You know, what is the story that got? Like, what is the justification, right? Because when we behave bad, quote, badly, that justification, right? Where it's like, well, they triggered me. They pushed me to that, right? Whoever they are. Or like, you know, I... um I got bad financial advice, and so that way, that's the reason why I made that bad investment. So there's always, like, a justification um, or, a, like, a trying to uh, push it down or push it away or excuse it. And what if you were just with that, too, with that energy of justification, with that energy of defense? What if you could just be with that, too? And what if in this moment you could be with... Uh, that feeling that this that comes up that's underneath all of this of that you aren't good enough, that you are mentally flawed, that you're wrong, that there's something radically wrong with you, that you can't figure this out, that you can't change this, that you can't overcome this. So consider all of that. And then what for you to do is just take a deep breath in through your nose, out through your mouth. In through your nose, out through your mouth. In through your nose and out through your mouth with sound. And I want you to write down what those energies are. Again, like, do you feel heavy? Do you feel regretful? Do you feel shameful? Do you feel judgmental of yourself or others in that process? Now imagine this hmm, something or someone or maybe your animal, maybe like a dog or a cat or a baby or neighbor or something or someone that you love that you just love so big. Usually it's helpful to love, to think of an animal or like experience that you had or something like that. Um, and maybe not so much a person because sometimes people can be problematic in the loving of them. <laughs> um, but imagine your love for that thing. Like I always think of this baby. I was just looking at brand new baby pictures um, the other day and I just love babies. Oh my gosh, I just love the babies. And um, <laughs> every time I see a baby face, it's just like, oh, love the babies. So feel the love. So feel the love. Maybe it's the love of your dog that is with you for a decade. Like feel that love in your heart and your body and allow that love to grow. Allow that energy to expand and to get bigger and to generate more for your body, imagine, you know, you playing with the dog or you being at the beach and frolicking or like whatever, like raises your vibration and fills you up with love. And when you have all of that love, I want that love to this story, to this shameful thing that you've written down to this trauma that you're trying to overcome. I want you to bring that love to that. Bring your appreciation, your gratitude, your allowance, your love energy to that. Almost like with love. 
and see if it can break down some of that energy, can break down some of that judgment, can break down some of that heaviness. Because really the way through this stuff is to be in a full accountability for everything and then to be in radical presence with all of it and then to be in so much allowance and love and consideration and empathy for the journey that you've been on. And then once you work through all of that, you can start to see the gift. Like, what's right about this that I haven't been getting? Like, what what could possibly be good about that experience? Would be the best chance, the best way to kind to myself in this process. What would it take to see this as the gift that it's really asking to be? And let me know. Let me know how that process goes. We're, we have a book page um, called Weird on the Air with Megan and Suzanne. If you're not part of that, please come be a part of it and share your process. If you want a, an amazing witness um, to your story or to your stuff, then absolutely Share with us, share um, with the group, and be witnessed and loved um, through some of this stuff. <sighs> Becky asked in the chat room um, if other body processes are necessary or if breath work is enough to move the trauma through the body. And what I would say is that it depends on the turn, it depends on the body. But yes, I would say that most trauma, there um, needs to be some energy work or like present movement in addition to breath work in order to um, work through the trauma. Um, and there's a lot of different ways to do that. But yes, I would say that a lot of times it gets lodged in the cells and um, it takes more than breath work to, um, to work through it. I also wanted to do a shout out for Megan because she's doing Dream Time in Salt Lake City on March 15th, 2019. The link is in um, the comments um, below this recording. And so she, um, she had an incredible event in Dallas. Um, everybody was moved, um, moved to tears and moved to a place of communion and love. And um, she really brought in the energy of the Waitaha tribe and um, Papa and Grandmother, and it was really incredible. And so um, if you're interested in that, she's doing that in Salt Lake City on March 15, 2009. You can go to megansulito.com and get information about that. And we're going to continue our series about stories next week, next Wednesday. Um, I'm not sure what it will be, but it's going to be um, an amazing show as well. And so please come back and please share your stories with those that you love and trust. And thank you so much for joining me today. And we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Love, Life, and All Things Weird. We will be back next Wednesday at noon Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. Be sure to tune in for more tips and tools on how to claim your marvelous, magical life.